Hello everybody, welcome back, welcome back. This is another fun-filled episode of Hot Takes and Protein Shakes with yours truly, Tony Capo Bianco. Yes, very happy to have everybody back here listening to the new episode of the podcast. Also, before we get started, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by... Redcon 1. Redcon 1 is America's favorite new supplement brand where they carry everything for your fitness needs, whether it be pre-workout, protein powders, fat burners, builders, recovery. I'm a big fan of that, especially the sleep gummies. I don't don't know how many times I have to iterate just how important a good night's sleep is. So yeah, I already hawked down a couple of those before uh, before night nights tonight. So uh, yeah, also... They have a great deal on apparel, energy, and they're always great deals happening all the time over at Redcon 1. And you can save 20% off your order if you use the promo code T20TonyTellJokes. That's right. My social is also my uh, promo code. So once again, if you want to save 20% off your order on all things Redcon 1, just jump over to Redcon1.com and upon checkout, use the promo code T20, Tony, tell jokes. Yes, and uh, very, very excited to have uh, this uh, next guest on the podcast because uh, he is a fellow Nashville comedian and another uh, health and wellness, uh, I guess, nut like myself. Uh, although he does, he has a much different approach. So my approach has been mainly like you no know, bodybuilding and just overall physical fitness. Meanwhile, uh, Brandon Gerald's is a little bit more, uh, I want, uh, how should I say it? Uh, it's definitely focused on the health and wellness for sure. Although he, he, uh, he's a big fan of, uh, Dr. Huberman. So those who don't, he's like very, very world renowned, uh, neuroscientist who studies things like, you know, body chemistry, hormones. And he, he, I think he's also partially responsible for why uh, ice baths are suddenly becoming so popular. So definitely looking, uh, Excited to learn more about that because, I mean, for one, I've I've taken like cold showers just to prove I'm Captain Hardo or something. But ice baths are a totally different uh, animal in themselves. So, very uh, very happy to have Brandon on. And um, the what you're about to listen to is actually our second take. So unfortunately, uh, such is life. Uh, we had a previous. Uh, uh, discussion. This thing went on for about an hour and a half. It was a great episode. Uh, here's the thing, though. At the studio where we were uh, recording, unfortunately, the uh, software decided to bug out. <laughs> Such is life. You know, where everything's going great, we're like, you know, but of course, like two minutes in, it just craps out, whether it be some like, you know, some pop up or software update or like, you know, of course, it's always got to be something happening at the least convenient time. So, Anyway, uh, just something that happened. Anyway, but thankfully, uh, Randy was uh, cool enough to stick around, so we took another go at it. And again, we covered on a lot of great topics, including uh, some things we didn't get to address on the first one. So we talked everything from health, wellness, getting your life in order. You know, uh, being uncomfortable, I'd say, is the uh, biggest takeaway of this uh, this interview because. You know, if we're whether we're exposing ourselves to uh, changes like much needed changes, uh, that part of that involves getting uncomfortable. So, uh, ice baths being one of them. Also, in the fun-filled world of stand-up, 
you know, it can't be on easy street every time, you know, we, we have something called uh, failing up, or maybe that's just me, but yeah, the art of bombing, the art of eating a bag of dicks, and, <laughs> and that, that's really, that's uh, really, it tests your metal, really, it tests w- whether you're cut out for this, or this is just a phase, but either way, uh, we definitely cover a lot, and I'm looking forward to all of you hearing it, so without further ado, let's get on with the show. Alrighty, here we go. So I guess this is technically part two. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so just to preface everybody, so we already recorded a um, a, a separate podcast, a separate episode. Unfortunately, we had a, a little technical difficulty. So that's right. So. I think I said a lot of problematic things on there. So I'm uh, <laughs> actually really glad it didn't. Yeah, so we dodged. Nice yeah, we did dodge a lot of bullets. So. <laughs> At no at uh, no cost to anybody, <laughs> so we're good to just get it all out. Yeah, the career I don't have uh, would have been ruined. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Yeah, you can't cancel what was never. <laughs> or yeah, or if they have a lot of money, then you can't cancel them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You get in order to be canceled, you gotta have something to lose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, Brandon, Gerald or Jarrell? Gerald. Gerald. Yep. Okay, Jarrell is from a different neighborhood. Yeah, no, Jarrell is, uh, if you were uh, my football coach in Florida, um, <laughs> I, it was only Jarrell, and um, I still, no one ever says it right, so it doesn't matter. That's all good, but <laughs> um, but uh, we're, well, to quickly summarize uh, what we previously just spoke about, um, you're only, only one of the comics here in Nashville I know that loves doing ice baths. Oh, yeah. Which is both uh, perfect for your mind and body, which... Uh, Basically, it's just an immediate shock to your system. That and it's uh, good for a dopamine production. Yep. Yeah, and what's cr- uh, what's cool that I uh, I learned is someone even uh, just one person. I'm sure multiple people now, but um, there was someone that came uh, that overcame a cocaine addiction doing ice baths, um, and uh, so it's it's obviously has a powerful effect. But for me, it was more of the the cortisol spikes that you feel and so when you jump in the ice bath, it's uh, you're you're starting to breathe heavy and starting to have uh, this like um, response your uh, this response to your body that uh, is spiking your cortisol, and then so when it comes to the everyday stresses, work, family, relationships, those stresses do not affect you uh, as much as they might have, and it's because you're subjecting yourself to you know, this, uh, this cortisol spike. Um, I try to do, you know, every other day, just about, uh, if I, if I had it a perfect world, I would do it every morning, you know, after a spin bike hit the, and, cause it's, uh, it's better than a cup of coffee to wake you up and, and how you feel afterwards is you, you amazing. You feel on top of the world, productive. I've been warming up from my cold bath, cleaning up my room real quick. And just cause it was like, I, now I'm like, oh, I got to do this. You know, I feel productive. Um, but the biggest thing that I saw was um, the because it helps with stress management, um, patience, anger management. Um, and my dog, he's a beagle. And so he's a hound dog just getting his nose into everything. And I'll be walking him. and He just keeps trying to venture off and, and just smell every single tree available. And there's thousands of trees that I live around. So it's like I'm just trying to walk with him and he'll keep stopping. I'll have to like pull him to keep walking. A couple weeks into an ice bath, 
uh, I noticed I was just letting him do his thing, sniff, be present. And then that's when I was like, oh, shit, these ice baths are really working. Like, I, I feel like a new person. Um, I'm still an asshole, but uh, I'm, I'm working on that. No, I mean, no, it's not like, but uh, like, so is that like the very first thing you do as soon as you wake up? You just no, so line straight for the ice bath. I, I wish it was, uh, and I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to that. Um, but uh, it used to be where I was doing it after a workout, and I would do the ice bath after a workout when I'm heated up. But then, um, then more research I, I became aware of, like through Huberman is um, these ice baths do such a good job of decreasing inflammation that uh, I would work out for an hour, do a spin bike, jump in the ice bath, and I would negate everything I just did. And um, so I was never sore. I was doing it for a month straight, not too long ago. I saw no gains. Um, besides the cardio was fine because that the cardio doesn't get affected because it's your heart. But um I plateaued in my my squat, my bench, ended up going down a bit, and because um, I wasn't building this new muscle, and I was just wiping the slate clean after every single ice bath, and uh, so now what I'm trying to do is since car you so it's uh, and I just was listening to Huberman again, so first thing in the morning I'm gonna start doing the my my spin bike, and then jump in the ice bath. So it's not like I'm going into the ice bath first thing in the morning cold because that is the worst. That would be the next step just to get out of that that comfortability uh, or that your comfort zone is. Um, so now what I'm going to just do or what I what I've been doing is right before my workout uh, at four. So at one thirty, two o'clock, I'm probably going to jump in the ice bath. Um, and that is also because I've had some time to warm my body up um, just naturally and and wake up. And then there's this little part of me that is slightly dreading what I know I'm about to have to do, which is another reason why sometimes I do it quickly after. I'm, if I think, oh, I got to do an ice bath, there's a little bit of a weight on me until I finally do it because you have this anxiety because it's, mm. it's it sucks like at first. But then afterwards, it's amazing. So... That's what I've been doing is ice bath before my four o'clock workout. But now um, I to really ramp up my fitness is cardio in the morning on my spin bike, uh, um, and then ice bath after that. Then go throughout my day, then work out later, and then you'll still see the gains from lifting. Because um, as long as you're doing an ice bath within or, or outside of four hours from working out, you will see the benefits. Um, but even more so before. Um, the ice bath before working out. Now, when you go into the ice bath, do you gradually ease into it, or you just go full blown like polar plunge? Just, yeah, um, just dive right in. Yeah, you got you got. I go slowly for safety, <laughs> not but <laughs> like but slowly in the senses I'm lowering myself. I as soon as my feet are in, I make sure I take a deep breath, and as I'm getting in, like as I'm lowering myself in, I'm breathing out. I have felt that has been the best for me mm. uh, because you don't go <sighs> like start hyperventilating or whatever the word is. Um, and um, when you get in, so as I'm getting in, I make sure to immediately go under my shoulders. Um, the very first time I did an ice bath, I was holding on to the sides and my shoulders were not submerged. And just because just that extra two to three inches felt like uh, 
the most, you know, the hardest work of it, you know. Um, so I immediately get in as I'm exhaling, get into my shoulders, take a couple of breaths, and then submerge my head. And that actually was now a step up of what I used to do. I used to not even dunk my head because I'm in this ice bath. I was doing, you know, three, four, five minutes. At the end, I'm like, no, I'm not going to dunk my head, you know, because it was. But then after I started realizing, oh, I'm not wanting to dunk my head. I have to now, you know, mm. it's one of those resistance things from the the art of war or the, the war of art. Um, and so now to take it up a notch, I would dunk my head after a minute of being in the ice bath. And then again, before I got out, now I'm immediately dunking my head after like a couple breaths. But that has actually helped. So dunking my head, and, and Huberman talks about the response, but when you dunk your head and now you're kin- you're just a little bit more, um, you're adequated with that cold water. Um, you, I'm going to have to have you over, though, to try yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to try it. I've never done it. Actually, I was uh, thinking about this. So you've done it. You've been doing it for like uh, five, six months. Yep. Do you feel like at this <sighs> point you've been so accustomed to cold water that you could have survived the Titanic? Um, no, I, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have even made it on board. Um, I would have been poor back then. Um, but, um, yeah, what, I, what was that? Is it 30? I've done the coldest I've done is 33 degrees. Okay. Um, and I only did that for 30 seconds, but then the other day I did 35 degrees for, um, a minute or so. And, uh, after 15, yeah, anybody's dead though. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because you only have to do it for like what, like ten minutes. Yeah. So at first, when I first started, I was doing fifty degrees, and fifty degrees was the coldest thing I'd ever experienced at the time. And I was doing fifty degrees for ten to fifteen minutes. That is another reason why I was negating all of the uh, the muscle building. Um, so that's why I go colder temp now for shorter and uh, and to get it out of the way. But um, yeah, now I'm trying to I try to just do around you know. 40 uh anything under 48 is is a lot better um but um shit i forgot what i was saying i'm not even high anymore. but no but still but it's it's good because of what we were talking about before was that low you need to keep yourself uncomfortable all the time yeah i wouldn't say all the time but regularly because you know <laughs> because once you get too once you get too comfortable with something then you get soft and you get yep. plateaued then like you know you're you're not really making any progress on anything you're just kind of leveling off and it's yeah. that it's funny because the same with so I'm doing an ice bath um and which is uncomfortable but I was doing it at the most comfortable time of the day where after a workout so now I kind of want to cool down um then the next step to get myself out of even further out of the my comfort zone was to do it cold without after like not after a spin bike but just naturally get into cold water was so hard to do when you're not uh, sweating or something so that was the next step and then dunking my head I did ice bath for 30 days in a row and I was like oh I'm gonna dunk my head on the 30th day the 30th day comes I'm doing my ice bath I didn't dunk my head because it was just it seemed so much more and then once you start feeling that resistance where it's like you're you don't want to do it it was like all right now i have to do it so finally at the end of three to five minutes or whatever i did that day i dunked my head i came up feeling 
even more amazing than I had without you know, with just doing the ice bath. So I was like, oh, now I have to do this every time. But then to further keep stepping outside of the comfort zone. Now it's like, okay, now do it earlier in the day. Dunk your head when you first get in. Start moving around in the ice bath because I used to just tense up and or even maybe try to relax. But even if you're staying still, your body can create a thermal layer. And um, so even though you're submerged in this cold water, if I'm warmer than I would be if I was moving around. So now I'm trying to move around, do it earlier in the day. And it is just one of those things to keep taking it an extra step outside of uh, being comfort. Uh, out of your comfort zone the the ultimate thing is going to be rolling out of bed into the ice bath which i have yet to do <laughs> yeah just come just yeah just overstepping breakfast brushing your teeth yeah. just beeline it straight for the ice bath yeah and uh i i fast now so i won't even eat until that's you know, right like, like two or three um but and uh when when's your you you're eating your full your full meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, s- snacks, you're eating six meals w- a day. Yeah, I wouldn't really call them full, but, yeah, they are six. But at regular times. Regular just, times, yeah. Uh, yeah, scattered throughout the day. So, like, in the morning, I have, like, you know, eggs and blueberries. Then later in lunch, I'll have, uh, you know, chicken and asparagus or broccoli. Then later in the day, I'll have a shake. Then I'll have chicken again, then a shake. And then uh, close the day off with either tilapia or steak Ooh, or bison. Nice. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Um, what protein do you go with? Oh, for sh- for my shakes. Yeah, uh, whey isolate. Oh, okay. Um, um, that's that's what I was going with. I'm just making sure. I did see. Um, and are you doing one scoop? You trying to? Ju- are you doing just? Two. Okay, so two forty scoops. grams, basically forty grams per mm-hmm. shake. Yeah, that's what I've been starting to do. Yeah, I do that, and I always add a little bit of almond butter in there too. Oh, nice. I have the have the good fats in there. Yeah, that's almost like a bulletproof coffee, but. A, Bulletproof protein shake. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I also add a little bit of glutamine in there too, so it can you know retain those gains and you know get whatever you know uh, excess fat decided to fall off. You know what I mean? Oh, is that what? All right. I gotta look into glutamine. Yeah, glutamine. Also, creatine is great for muscle building too. Um, yeah. I just re- I just got creatine and some Rocky Road whey protein. Um, mm-hmm. Excited about the Rocky Road. The I did chocolate mint, which was horrible. Um, I normally just go with chocolate, but I was trying to get fancy. Um, and the Rocky road was, um, was $4 cheaper, (laughs) but I got some creatine too, because I actually just heard that 10 grams a day of creatine could help. Uh, um, I think, I think folks with CTE or, um, with stuff like that, uh, it could help them. Uh, creatine like doubling up um, on the five grams a day doing 10 grams a day helps them um, but for now I just try to keep it to to the five grams a day and doing staying with the creatine and the protein when I was doing my five by five strength training that's when I noticed like it was definitely creatine and protein also helping me get there mm-hmm yeah and just like the ice bath it's when you when you put yourself through uncomfortable situations like that or something you're not familiar with, and that's when you realize that's where real progress starts being made. Because just like in the stand-up world, I mean, hell, we could do the same shows and same same mics all over again. But until the moment where, like like we were talking about earlier, where you get put in a very uncomfortable situation, this is where you could see see what you're made of. Yeah, so I hosting a, a mic every week is – it that probably is the most uncomfortable <laughs> because um, – 
I'm having to watch other people bomb uh, day in and day out. And but also getting up in between, picking the energy back up. <laughs> and uh, ever since running that mic, um, I'll have people coming up to me like, man, you just seem so much looser up there. And it's just about getting reps in. That is mm-hmm. all it boils down to. Yeah. And uh, there was also a time where you were opening up for Will. Yeah. And uh, and you were faced with a uh, uncomfortable situation, which me at first because like walking into it, it's like, oh, this sounds great. Then until it actually happens, like, oh, OK. Yeah. This is probably the. To uh, one of the worst bombs I've had recently, um, but I and it was a bomb because it was a bomb, you know, um, however, I still was able to get some take like take away some things from it. And the owner knew it was the the crowd is just so I'll I'll, I'll go back into it. It was I'm thinking this show is going to go great. I get to travel to Illinois. Uh, first time doing comedy there. Uh, I I know I got a steak dinner waiting for me after uh, after the show and a check. So I'm a, I'm, I'm going to get paid and get a steak dinner. I was like, th- I this is what I do comedy for, you know, is just laughs and steak. That's all I ever – those are my two favorite things probably. I am, I have to do 20 minutes. I first start, I just open up with a couple of things, and immediately I'm like, this is going to be rough. Like, <laughs> I'm going to dip out in like 15 minutes. Um, and I end, up, I end up doing my time, but it was brutal. And I have a joke that people have even wanted to buy, and I'm like, I can't sell my only – joke like this is this is my only good joke and i'm gonna hold on to it it can get me out of holes if i'm bombing uh this one was just naturally put into my set and i'm thinking and i put it in the middle you know because like i'm trying to it used to be my closer so now i put it in the middle to try to regain some um some attention and it's a baptism joke about drowning and, and baptism and so when i come up from drowning someone in a baptismal and it's not even that sacrilegious as it sounds but uh no one laughs it was completely silent like and i was just like i and i said to myself but out loud i was like wow this is crazy (laughs) and i just look out at the crowd and i'm just i almost switched to just start berating these people (laughs) but i i went back to the set because the owner was cool i was like i don't know if he's gonna be mad that i'm shitting on his patrons um but uh but that was yeah just that was one of those things though that bombing so hard at the beginning uh, and still to this day bombing sometimes where it's it doesn't necessarily affect me afterwards i did have to get fresh air but then i was able to walk back in and save face um and i had a steak dinner waiting for me so it's like it's it could be worse but also this is what i'm doing it for yeah it definitely can be worse and usually when you have like a you know situations like that where yeah it sucks when it happens but knowing what you if you take away the right lessons from it yeah it's good for you in the long run because god forbid next time you're faced with a similar situation a you probably you won't have to go into panic mode (laughs) And B, I mean, hell, you might have something to pull it, pull something out of your ass that can actually turn it around. Because that, that's happened to me before. Those have been times where, you know, it's, oh, this isn't going good. Then I just pull a rabbit out of my hat <laughs> and, oh, eh, the, 
Yep. Gun back in my side. I pulled an actual rabbit out of my ass before, um, <laughs> but that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's just what, yeah, staying uncomfortable is what makes, is good for the the process. Like C.T. Fletcher, he always says, being uncomfortable is ideal for the championship process. Yeah. Because no, nobody just got on the easy track to success, no matter what they did. You know, unless they're like a Nepo baby or something. <laughs> um, and also, this kind of applies. And I used to box uh, when I was 19, 20, um, and uh, so almost 10 years ago now, and 50, 60 pounds ago. I, and the saying was, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> and so it was going to training, getting punched in the face constantly. So when it came down to, you know, fighting, I'm getting – it was fine. You get punched in the face and you're, you go back at it. Bombing is like a punch in the face now where you got to just deal with it. Uh, mm. And then, but cause everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face or they, everybody has a plan until their first joke bombs. And I've been there where I'm like, this will get them, you know, this will get them from the start. And so I'll say it and it bombs. And then I immediately start re- <laughs> retracting. <laughs> yes. Like, and, uh, and, but also uh, featuring for Will, it, uh, he was a great example uh, to like learn a little bit from where he can lose a crowd sometimes where um, like we had some hecklers and he had said he had said something to him, you know, that might be considered mean. I loved it. And uh, other people maybe got a little bit quiet. And so it's like, oh, no, hopefully they don't they're not like, oh, he's an asshole for or they're thinking he's an asshole for the rest of the time. So he has a little bit of a, a low moment, but he, he goes back to his set and mm-hmm. and he gets him again and he closes strong. And so that was one of those things where it's like, even if you lose them, don't start f- withdrawing. Uh, I think would probably be the best word for it. I just, you know, keep to it. You might you might pick it back up eventually. Yeah. Usually, like in my experience, just like just squash it right then and there so you can proceed with the rest yeah. of your set, because otherwise... Not everybody can, I mean, you've seen it too. Not everybody is well suited for crowd work, let alone handling hecklers. Yeah. Because some will, some just, you know, fall off, just fall off the rails real quick. <laughs> At one point in, in that set where I, I'm getting no laughs, my best joke doesn't get anything. And I had a couple of riffs that did fine. And so I was like, oh, that's what I need to do. I just need to abandon my set and just do crowd work that's what's going to work as an as i'm thinking about how i should abandon my set and just do crowd work i'm also remembering i don't have that ability like i'm just i was about to just try to you know willy-nilly which would have probably ended up worse um but i'm still trying to learn a lesson from that uh (laughs) from that bomb of course i mean hell i mean because next time we're because we're all gonna bomb hell even the greats still bomb you know like Bill Burr still bombs, Chris Rock still bombs, Dave Chappelle still bombs, Jim Gaffigan still bombs. I mean, they're like upper echelon comedians. And still but still they're not exempt from it, no matter how high on the uh on the tonal pole they are. So so we got hot takes and protein shakes. Indeed. Uh, so we Rocky Road, that's your protein shake. Here's my hot take, okay? Um I was listening to a vinyl of George Carlin and um I think anybody could have 
killed with that crowd. Oh. That is my hot take. That, but also I don't know, I don't know what stage George Carlin was at. It was uh, indecent exposure. I think was the was the vinyl. So he was probably already a big name. So people are just laughing at everything he says. But I was listening to this vinyl, and he said some jokes that I loved, and I laughed, and I audibly laughed at. But then he had some that the crowd is roaring over. And I'm just thinking, I probably could have killed in front of this crowd if they're laughing at stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, plus you always get to think, like in those days, like the only like six people that were comedians in it. Like nobody was doing it except for like him and Richard Pryor. And that was about it. Yeah. And maybe like who else? Joan Rivers and Robin Williams. Yeah. I mean like, you know, name me another comedian from that time. Exactly. Yeah, Hicks, I guess, but he yeah. might have been a little bit early or later on. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes, hey, you know, people can just get lucky with the crowd. I mean, the crowds can come in hungry and ready to laugh, and those are like usually the best ones, and they'll laugh at anything. And again, if if you know if the math is there, then you know I'm not gonna, I ain't complaining. <laughs> Some hell, if when Carlin did it, it's like, oh, this is a good crowd. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah. The best crowd I've ever had, and um, and it was my longest set too, because it was three of uh, three Nashville comics. Um, it was me, Mariana Barksdale, and Paula Kashinsky. Paul is from North Dakota, but so we go back up to North Dakota, and me and all three of us, we had to basically divvy up, like, like ninety minutes. Um, and so Paula was gonna do forty, forty-five, um, but she was like feel free to to do a little bit more to just take down uh from the bulk of time that she had to do and so uh mariana does you know 2025 20, i go up there i get the light at 20 which is i just wanted to make sure i hit the 20 i s- still had so much to go so i was like oh nice so i get the light again at 25 um, and that, so now I'm like, oh, I made it. I still had, and so I did a full 30 minutes, and it was because this crowd was the best I've ever had. They were laughing at every tag. I even at one point I said something. They laugh at it. I grab my drink because I know I'm gonna have to wait for them to stop laughing at this next part. So might as well get my drink ready. Say the next joke. They start laughing. So now I have a second to to take a drink, and it was. It was it was the greatest feeling, and and then I hit the full thirty minutes, uh, which was my first time doing that as well, because I had to pull out all my jokes for mm. it, um, and uh, but it worked out, and then after that I was like, I'm gonna go back to Nashville, and I'm just gonna start bombing over it because like <laughs> I just got spoiled. Now I got to get brought back down <laughs> to reality. Yes. And with hard crowds, and, and, but luckily I came back to Nashville and everything's still been going well. But I'm like, I gotta get back up to North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then again, like those tough crowds are what harden you. Yeah, that way when you're like, you know, you're so sharp, and the uh, time you did get up to North Dakota, oh man, you're like, man, how is this so easy? I felt, I, I felt like uh, a, a big name. People wanted to take pictures after, and people were asking me questions, and then. Uh, and I, I mentioned one thing about not having weed, and so people were wanting to smoke me out after. Um, and uh, it, um, it, I had airfare paid for, the Airbnb, and I was like, and that was the biggest paycheck, you know, the the shows, and they were great. I was like, this is what comedy wow. can be, yeah. And then I went back down to 
losing money on my monthly shows that yep. I promote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, reality comes back real, real quick. quick. Real, real <laughs> quick. Yeah, I'd, yeah the, I had a similar thing where this is back in Boston. I uh, I got to open for Preacher Lawson. Who, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I like he, him. he wasn't as big as he is now, but he sold out the Wilbur Theater, which is like the crown jewel theater in Boston. And um, I was working for a radio station at the time. We were both talking comedy. It's like, hey, you want to you wanna do a set? I'm like, yeah, okay. Over at Laugh Boston? No, over at the Wilbur. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, he's like, you got five minutes clean? I'm like, yeah, I got five minutes clean. By the time he left, I'm like, do I have five minutes clean? <laughs> but, but again, yeah, that itself is just a weird feeling where I went out. I did five minutes clean. Like, all everything hit. And... This is this is the freaky part. It was again just like a audience, just like that, except like I because this was so I could hear like the people in the back. It's like you could almost like echolocation. You can hear the laughter <laughs> where move the its joke way got, to the yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> when the joke hits, and then you're hearing the people in the laugh catching it back to you. That's funny. So you got to figure out your own little timing. But yeah, then that was probably one of the greatest highlights ever in my life. Next day, here I am back at a. Dive bar, Mike telling Dick George <laughs> yeah. all over again. Like it never happened. So that North Dakota show, we had the public show on a Friday, and then we had a private show at the same place the next night. And that one was supposed to be they called it Bluish, or which yeah, I don't, I still don't really fucking know, but relatively clean. I think I still cursed um, um, once or, or twice, but for the most part, it wasn't nothing too dirty or graphic. And that one was rough. It was for a bank, and it was just one of those times where they didn't necessarily it was early in the day too no one's liquored up yet and it was just like it was a struggle and um they actually the the club wanted me to headline that 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 night uh so had such a great show the night before they're like all right you're gonna close out this private event that we have i got through 25 minutes um and uh i the 30 minutes i had done the night before i had left out maybe like five five eight minutes of jokes um because i just forgot it this time i did all my jokes within 25 minutes oh and and i was getting light chuckles there was some young kids in the bank that were loving me the entire time but then the older ceo and whatnot um they uh it was it was it was fine you know we 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 did what we got paid to do but um but then um um shit Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is so I had to do uh, somewhat clean of stuff, and then I have um, there's a, a small theater in Chattanooga um, next month that I'm I got to do twenty clean on, and I'm not a clean comic, but I can tighten up. I can do twenty clean. I'm not. It's not gonna be my best set. It's gonna be doable. You know, it'll be passable. Um, but that's one thing I have been trying to work on a little bit more of is being that that fine line of of clean just because I'm not cursing, but you're not thinking about how it's clean in the in the heat of it, like a Nate Bargatze, where after the fact you're dying laughing, and after the fact you're like, oh, I guess that was clean. You know, mm -hmm. it's like one of, and because you if you know a clean comic when you see one, you know because they're nerdy or something. Something is off with them. You know they have bodies in their basement. There's <laughs> something going on with them. But I love the clean comedy where you're not even thinking about it. Um, and so I was going to ask you, do you try to have a clean set for opportunities that pay or for like I've wanted a small I wanted to do a small theater, no matter the size, no matter the 
no matter any, I was like, that would be cool to do a small, tiny little theater. Um, and if it's clean, yeah, I'll do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to always have in your back pocket just to have really good material that happens to be clean. You know, like, that's where I view people like uh, Brian Regan or Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Like, they are, you know, cold stone killers, and you don't even realize they're clean exactly, until yeah. you're like, oh, snap, they were clean the whole time. So, I still want to stay true to myself with, with you know, jokes about dating that, uh, you know, might not be considered clean or something, um, but in order to get paid and get more opportunities and more stage time, I was like, I guess I'll try to yeah, get cause there clean. Are, yeah. Cause there are times where you had, where you're playing to like a blue collar audience or like in my experience, a lot of uh, either like first responders or military, they'll laugh at anything. Yeah. Yeah. Cause but their bosses might pay like, Hey, we want a clean show, but then you get there. And then the people that are actually at the show, they're like, no, nah, we don't want clean. It was just cause oh, it's a corporate oh, event. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to go up there like you're Johnny Carson or anything. <laughs> you don't have to come out screaming like Chris Rock either. But as long as you do like something that the people are gonna like, then shit, anything's fair game at that point. How much time do you, of clean do you think you have? Ooh, I would say sh- rough estimate like twenty, twenty five, maybe. Can I borrow some? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like how you. I see your pictures of your flashcards. Um, and then I, I, what I assume is a timestamp of how long the bit is. is that, yeah. I, so I do like that. And it's, it's very, um, scholastic of you, um, to, to get down like that. But, um, I, so is that, is that your, cause you don't take notes for the most part off stage. I don't think, do you? I don't write on stage. <gasps> no, I mean, no, I meant anything. like bring notes, um, as in, um, I mean, so I, you can go off of, I mean, I might bring it just in case, Yeah. but usually I just, you know, I just read it just before I go on stage just so I retain the, especially if it's new. Yeah. If it's like something I'm saying for the very first time, then yeah. But um, if I haven't memorized it, then yeah, I'll use it. But, you know, for the most part, I try to avoid it because I can't like, you know, if I'm doing a long set, I can't be, you know, look like a schmuck with a notebook on yeah. stage. So, but, uh, but yeah, going back to the little timestamps, I mean, what's good about that is, yeah, I like being able to just map it out. So, like, all right, say if I'm doing 10 minutes, I'll do this block here. If I'm doing 15 minutes, I'll do this block. If I'm doing, like, 20, 30, and so on, I'll, like, you know, stitch all these together. But at this point, like, I feel like I have to reroute some stuff yeah. or just, like, take stuff away because stuff's constantly changing. And, like, nuts, like, stuff that's on that board right now may not be necessarily something I want to use in the long run. Yeah. And, so. when, and also uh, – I'm still early on for like three years in, so I'm constantly changing things in set list. I, I don't only when I actually had a string of shows is where I kept the, the lineup or the, and when I finally had some type of uh, co cohesive, tr- like transitions and everything to type of kind of made sense is where I did finally keep a, a set list the same for a, quite a few shows. But for the most part, I'm constantly changing, adding, subtracting, um, and so the timestamps, that's the only, like, I'm getting better at knowing what I have, but I'll know to lose the not so strong tag if I'm trying to narrow it down. And when I went to North Dakota, I, I made a, a joke that is, uh, like two lines. I made it into like a, a minute, a minute bit, stretched it and made it clean. And it's way better than what what i did have and so 
when I went to North Dakota, I was able to, since I knew I was going to have to do all this time, I added on extra tags and was able to sit in it more, tell it more of like a story or, and, um, and stretch it a bit. And I was like, man, this is what I want to keep doing. But then coming back to now only able to do, you know, five minute spots, um, at Zany's, I'm like, oh shit, I got to I got to lose everything, all the fat. Um, and even 10 minutes now, I'm like feeling like, I, all right, I got to, I still have to trim so much fat, which I guess is a good problem to have. But um, yeah, it's better to have a tight five than a loose 20. Yeah. Or a loose butthole. Oh, no, that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Brent, uh, thank you for coming. This was <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs> <laughs> Ending on a loose butthole. <laughs> But, As you should, you know, yeah. you just go home after that. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's <laughs> wipe yeah, up. It's dude. all tired. <laughs> so, uh, we're definitely gonna have to do a part two. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course, thanks for coming, everybody. Thank you for listening, Brandon. Before we go, let everybody know where they can see you and where they can find you. Um, on, find me on Instagram at the Brando Commando, um, and then also I run a, a weekly mic at Cafe Coco every Friday at eight o'clock. If you think you're funny, sign up at seven thirty. The list does fill up pretty quick. We're doing uh, we're that uh, that mic is uh, is doing great lately. And I also got a monthly show that I do there. Um, the next one's going to be April thirtieth on Sunday. I'm turning thirty that day, so I figured just make it even more sad and and run a show on the same day. And then, so 4.30 at 7 on a Sunday. And then the next, I have a late night show on Thursday, uh, May 11th. And then after that, it's going to be, most likely, it's going to be the last Monday of, uh, of every month we're going to do a show at Coco. Nice. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, man. And of course. And uh, also, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, assuming it's still going to be around, <laughs> at Tony Tell Joke. And also, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Be sure to like, follow, comment, subscribe, play all that algorithmic bullshit into my favor. And on that, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Ah, here we go.